Hello and welcome to episode 62 of the MTG Conflux Cast. My name is John and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. Hey. This week we're going to be talking about the recent modern banning and how the format is shaping up in the absence of Bridgevine. We're going to be going over the first post-Bridgevine MTO challenge results, and we're also going to talk a bit about a spicy new old brew that we've uh, dug back up in uh, in this new bold new meta. Uh, but first, we're going to get into our weekly roundup. Chris, let's start with you. So the past two weeks, I played the Rug Chalice Pile. Yeah. And, uh, apparently someone in our Discord said they knew the person who played that to a, like, what, top 32? It was, like, was I think it? just outside, like, 33rd, or I want to say. I, I can't remember. Well it the, was good, uh, yeah. It was, like, just outside of a big number, I think. But yeah. Quite, yeah. And I guess he's, uh, the deck was originally called Teamer Cards I Like. <laughs> I've played that deck before. Seemed aptly named. Uh, so I played that deck the past two weeks. The first week I went three and one. Um, I beat decks that I felt I shouldn't, and I lost a deck that I felt I also shouldn't. So, <laughs> I don't know. I was a mid-range deck playing some number of romans in my deck, and I lost, oh, I beat Escape Shift. And... <laughs> Then I beat the Hagak deck. Uh-huh. With the whole bridge um, blows and all that stuff. And then I lost to Affinity. Okay. So uh, That's the surprising some, one. For some context, this deck is playing four Chalice of the Voids. It's also main decking two Anger of the Gods and a Pyroclasm. <laughs> yeah, main deck. <laughs> also, Renin 6 seems pretty good against uh, X1's the deck. Yeah. Yeah, I saw this week uh, your your performance against the blue red human or blue red wizards deck and tribal X one seems real soft to run in six. <laughs> yeah, getting to Kelvin dealing with with a run six is pretty good. Delver never gets a chance to flip. Um, Snapcaster just gets gunned down. Nibble obstructionist dies. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> This past week, though, I did not so hot. I went to time three out of the four rounds. <laughs> and yeah. I only drew the first time. Was it just that, like, the Chalice and Renin 6 package just had people, like, so locked out that they just kind of, like, were just grinding their gears trying to figure out what to do and playing okay. a slow? Well, I mean, or? the front one was against Blue White. So I probably didn't scoop to Blue White as early as I needed to if I wanted to actually win the match. Yeah. Um, I did win game two, though. It was reasonably lengthy, I guess. I won off the back of a Emblem Duran 6. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Originally, it was a Remand with Retrace, which was pretty good. Yeah, seems really cross. Uh, and we need Force of Negation that to exile it, which I found very rude. Um, then I got to start retracing a cryptic command. Ha! Wow, that's kind of worse, honestly. <laughs> so that was sweet. And then we didn't have time for game three at all. Yeah. We started the game with like two minutes left or something. That was, that was round one, you said? Yeah. It's kind of hard to like scoop game one with your like, sh like, I guess it wasn't a shiny new deck at that point because it was your second week with it, but like. It feels bad to like scoop out a game with this like sweet new deck you're playing. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I was almost like I could almost bring it back. Yeah, it's but, like almost in your reach. 
Yeah, because like he had a Jace and a Narset, but my Narset made his Jace really bad. So I felt like maybe there was something I could do, and then he had a Teferi, so it was like three walkers to my one. It's like, eh. Yeah, and they cost a lot more than yours. Yeah. <laughs> like, usually the more expensive ones have more impactful abilities, although running six is quite good. Yeah, so that was uh, a draw. And then game uh, round two, I lost in extra turns, and I would have drawn that match too had the Anger of the Gods been in the top 12 cards of my deck. Oh, yeah, I saw not. that. <laughs> and that was like yeah. turn eight or something. I was looking, I dug like 12 cards deep and couldn't find anything. I oh. died. Uh, but that's As because opponent had just like blood braid stuff the wazoo. And it was always blood braided into like helix to kill my blocker, and it was really, uh, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard one to beat. And then I played against the blue red wizards guy and beat him. And in the final round, I played against the red black goblins deck, and I'm pretty tilted because I should have beat him. I should have won the game. Um, but I just failed to remand something because I just. So he had a Cavern of Souls in play, and I was like, oh, Remand just doesn't do anything. So he plays this three <laughs> drop with his Cavern, I'm like, yeah, I can't do anything about that. And I go to attack him, and what seems like a lethal attack, I have four or five powered things, he has three blockers and five life, like, he just dies, right? And then he flashes in the Munitions Expert, because that card has flash for some reason. <laughs> and I just say, okay. And then he's like, oh, took this. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I could have remanded that, and he just lose. Yeah, but I said okay, and you know I'm not gonna like no takesy backsies. I'm not, I don't want to abuse FNM takesy backsie for six dollars or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, that's a bummer. And so that ended up making it so I couldn't actually win the game in time. Yeah, you guys just kind of bashed into each other for a while, and that was kind of that. Yeah, it was quite unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I think you both had misplays that game because he was pretty frustrated by a play he made too. I forget exactly what it was. But... Earlier in the match, he had uh... <laughs> so there was a I had a charm wave. There was a landed an instant in the graveyard, and he's like, "Oh, it's a uh, it's a two three. And so he like blocks with the creature or something, and then tar fires it. Oh no! And I'm like, oh no, okay. Oh no! <laughs> and he looks at me like, why is he okay with this? And, he, and then it dawned on him, and uh, he was, yeah. Oh, song as old as time. Tarmogwave getting people, or I should say, state-based effects getting people. Although, in my defense, and in my defense, it's really uh, criminalizing myself. I played like absolute garbage the entire evening. Yeah, you didn't seem very happy if you play every time I talked to you. Yeah, I just like. On two separate occasions, I blocked a Goyf with my Goyf, but he had a Noble Hierarch. And I just like, oh, snap block, it's like Goyf versus Goyf, whatever. And he's like, it has Exalted. It's like, I'm <laughs> an idiot. <sighs> just not used to bashing with things that aren't 6-6 six, six tramplers. Yeah, I mean, like, Tarot Wave is not a card that I ever play with. Like, I mean... <laughs> I... <laughs> Like, in the history of me playing this game, Tarn Wave is not a card that I've played with hardly at all. 
I should have lent you the Tarmo die together with the Tarmogoyfs. Just yes. for that, that swagger. <laughs> Someone's like, oh my god, you have signed Goyfs? Like, what? no, I don't. That's funny. <laughs> it's not mine. Someone said that, that's funny. So um, if anyone asked me what I was playing, I, I would say it's teamer cards I mostly own. That's funny. I mostly own. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the deck is sweet, but it, it, is, it is a pile. Yeah, it's... It's yeah. definitely a pile. No one drops in in rug colors is uh interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I... No bolt, no can trips. Yeah. <laughs> just That's... being this like rug color deck and turn one you just go tap land pass. It's just unusual. <sighs> it's like what like wh- it's it's weird. Does it play uh Simeon Spirit Guide? Nope. <laughs> so you're not even ramping out Chalice. Wow. Because you're a fair deck. You're a fair chalice deck. Uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting. But sometimes you just get them. You know? One of a braid. Yeah. <laughs> the deck has a lot of one ofs. It's like one of uh, Magmatic Sinkhole. Yeah. It's like really al- almost a Highlander deck. You're one of Pyroclasm. <laughs> and like the deck... Okay, the deck has like two Jace the Mind Sculptor, uh, two Narsets, uh, two Karn Great Creators... <laughs> Yeah. It's a rug super friends. Yeah. Yeah, like, what, eight walkers, two of each? Oh, yeah, and two Ren of Six. Ren of Six, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I yeah. will say that uh, Cycle Land plus Ren of Six is pretty sweet. Yeah, it's an engine. Definitely a card advantage engine. Especially once um, once you've got, like, Retrace online or something. Like, just being able to, like, even just plussing Ren in 6 is just so good of Retrace, but then, like, being able to cycle it if you end up, like, not, like, retracing something, like a counterspell. Just, like, hold up the counterspell and, like, oh, nothing to counter? We'll just cycle that shit into turn, draw a card, untap, buy back the land. Like, <laughs> yeah. I will say one awkward thing is that the deck doesn't actually play that many spells. So, like, I had the ultimate, and I looked at my graveyard, like, what do we got over here? We have a Remand, a bunch of Walkers, a Tarmogoyf, some lands. Yeah, that's... That's All the good it. spells cost one mana. Like, you have no cantrips to just yeah. retrace with because you your don't deck. play any. <laughs> yeah, I guess Narset's kind of all your selection, really. And, like, Magmatic Sinkhole's retrace is not as good as you want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because Narset's your selection, but then Narset can't find, like, a goy for something to, like, block with or attack for the win. Yeah, so it's weird. It's like, it's like sometimes you try to, you need to be the beat down, right? But your Narset just doesn't help you do that at all. No. Like, oh, here's all these creatures that I can't actually get. Uh, I jammed a ton of games against uh, Sam on Martyr Proc? Soul Sisters? Whatever. I guess it's Martyr Proc. Right? It's Martyr Proc, but like, very di- very divorced from what that deck originally was, I think, at this point. Sure. <laughs> As it turns out, Rune Hail is really good against this deck. <laughs> what do you name it on? Uh, you name Tarmog Wave. Because oh. the only ways to kill him is like island. Jace the only Holt. creatures in the deck are four Tarmogoyfs, two Tower Strikers, and one Vendillion click. Yeah, and then Jaisal. It's pretty like... gross. Yeah. Although I did win almost every game we played. The one game that <laughs> I did not win, he had a Rune Halo naming Tarmogoyf, another Rune Halo naming Tarless Tracker, and I Jace ulted him. <laughs> and he, he won. <laughs> Amazing. That's uh Yeah, Jaisalt could not defeat um 
two Mistville planes. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit, that's amazing. And I think I might have had a chance if my Ghost Quitter wasn't, like, the third from the bottom card in my deck. To, like, uh, deck him out? To, like, kill his stupid uh, Mistville planes early enough so he would deck. <clears throat> Interesting. Because I definitely had more cards in my library, but he was able to put them back with Mistville. Yeah, it's an engine. <laughs> And in the meantime, he had a Mary up active too, so... Yeah. Yeah, that deck makes a lot of work out of its lands. So, aside from the greater than one rug deck, uh, you've also been playing another another pile that we're going to talk about a bit later, but I guess you can get into it a little bit now. Oh, yeah. So, this is kind of a... Is this a napkin deck? It was a, it was a highway deck. It was a freeway deck. We were on the freeway. When we when we brewed this one up uh, at GP Santa Clara, ah uh, yes. So uh, this is a deck that's utilizing the card Blood Sun. Um, for all of you who don't know what Blood Sun does, it's a really bad Blood Moon. It's a Blood Moon, except for that um, instead of turning everything into mountains, it just makes it so they lose all ability except for mana abilities. Very bad against Tron. He doesn't do anything that's strong. <laughs> but the card draws you a card when it comes into play, which is nice. Turns off fetch lands. But yeah, but it randomly hoses a bunch of stuff. So people play fetch lands and then wonder why they can't crack them. Or they play like their man land and then they can't activate it. Um, also, gemstone mines have come into play with no counters. Yeah. Um. We, uh... We played against that opponent that like was uh oh it was the it was the amulet but we put against a so we put against an amulet player and they were like trying to like you know do amulet things so like all their crews came in untapped but then like they couldn't like um like pump their guy <laughs> to, or give it vigilance because it wasn't a mana ability <laughs> yeah so against amulet the card's really weird because on the one hand it ramps them because their crews just come into play untapped and just make two mana. On the other hand, all the utility lands don't do anything anymore. So you play Colony Garden, comes into play untapped, you don't get a plant. Yeah, like Titan is just like a 6-6 six, six that like gets you to, like gets you four mana basically. <laughs> Which is good, but like it doesn't just kill you. Yeah, so you like play Titan, you get a bounce land and a Tory West, but then you can't even bounce the Tory West because the bounce <laughs> land doesn't bounce anymore. Yeah. And there's like no way to get it in your hand because you can't play a bounce in your hand because the same problem. It just stays in play. Yeah, the best you can do, I think, is just get two Karoo lands and go plus four mana. Yeah, so it's a it's a card. <laughs> <laughs> but uh hosing your opponent is not really the main draw. For us and playing it, um, like we said with the bounce lands, they just have for two mana now. They're just soul lands, so we get to play bounce lands with no drawbacks. Yep, just uh, jump straight from uh, three mana to more than three mana, <laughs> depending on how you play it out. Yeah, and so the reason we played the deck a little bit before this was before Bloodbraid Elf was unbanned to give you a uh, some perspective. Yes, yeah, so this back when uh, Shadow was king of the format. 
Yeah, so we were playing a deck with four Grove of the Burn Willows. Because <laughs> it's a red-green land that comes into play untapped for your turn one mana dork. Yeah, and then we had uh, a couple main deck um, uh, Chameleon Colossus, because it's pro-black, and cracks in for eight or more the turn after you play it. Um, you just like kill shadow players. They had like no removal that interacted with it. Um, it just blocked shadow. Um, and then their life total was usually, you know, nine or lower. So, you know, you're cracking in for a minimum of eight usually. It's usually um, just killing them immediately. Usually just like killing them, yeah. Um, so that was pretty sweet. But these days, uh, the meta's changed. That's not quite so good. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyway, uh, before we get too far into it, I guess um, we've just been playing the some newer brew versions of that deck in the tournament practice rooms online just for fun just for fun and it's been pretty fun i think yeah it's sweet i like tuning in to watch it's uh it's an interesting pile <laughs> yeah I've, I've learned a few things uh playing the deck a little bit uh most notably the uh matchup against Iraq not so hot <laughs> okay like any mana dork deck just gets absolutely destroyed by the card smallpox. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Like holy crap. <laughs> and he did the he did the perfect wombo combo of turn one Urborg, turn two flagstones of Trickier Smallbox you. Whew. That's nasty. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Wow. They played flagstones? Wow. Ooh. It's uh I didn't realize that was a thing. Wow. That's really nasty. <laughs> also quite annoying. Um Urborg made his fetch land tap for mana. Oh <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, that still works under a blood sun. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. Because like, oh, all lands lose all abilities, those are the mana abilities. Urborg says everything's a swamp. But it still makes the fetch land swamps. Which <laughs> thus have a mana ability of tap out of black it's just like an inherent quality of being a swamp i guess yeah <laughs> but it doesn't remove the text that says all lands are swamps yeah it's just a swamp herbal itself is just a swamp that is I, weird yeah i don't i don't know it is that's not a bug it's like a layering thing it's either a bug or a layering thing would be my guess i think it's a layering thing how exactly it, it, the layers work out i'm not so sure but i, I think it is technically correct interesting anyway what have you been playing recently john so i took out the esper mentor deck for a spin um i went 301 i id'd the last round uh last week i decided to not uh no splits kill them all uh because i knew my opponent in the third round was playing black white hate bears i guess is the best way to describe it like land destruction hate bears you know uh leaden arbiters tide hollow scholars and all that um and i was like wow thalia guardian of thraven plus leaden arbiter seems insane against me um and it was <laughs> uh game one my opponent ended up finding all four of their giver of runes which was really hard to beat and in fact i don't think i did <laughs> uh and then i think i lost 
second game? No, I stole game two, I think. I think I managed to steal a game off the back of Dismentor being completely berserk, and then I lost game three. Uh, so Esper Mentor was, like, super sweet, really powerful, um, just getting to, like, dump out a bunch of power onto the board really easily, go wide super fast was awesome. I really liked the deck. Um, it can kind of, like, it can kind of have an issue where it, like, um, kind of dirtles around and doesn't do anything sometimes, like, where you're trying to find a threat and... You know, you're just like cantripping and not actually like progressing your board at all, like your mana. You're just kind of spinning your wheels and not really doing anything proactive with your mana. Um, but Unearth is just a really powerful card. There's just like some crazy lines of the deck where you can be like, oh, I'm going to unearth this Snapcaster Mage. And then I'm going to snap that same Unearth and unearth my Jace Fern's Prodigy that died earlier in the game. And now you just got like you know a 2-1 body and a jason play and it's like you know the kind of stuff where like normally you'd maybe just like unearth the jace is like what you wanted to do anyways but like running the snapcaster through the chain in the middle like just puts it's free you know, real estate yeah it's free real estate just like puts <laughs> if you just have the mana which you usually do you just like put a 2-1 body into play for free basically which is pretty hot um and um playing with like bobble and fetch lands lets you do some kind of galaxy brain shit um so the deck was like really fun really interactive with all the discard um and just like powerful when it turned the corner it turns the corner really hard once you just kind of get a mentor into play and untap or if you just like unearth it into play it lets you like cheat on the you know having to untap thing so you just get to go off the same turn you play it which is crazy um yeah i guess the biggest problem with mentor right is this three mana yeah, exactly. So you spend all your mana playing it, and you don't have that much mana left over to make extra monks. It's like a hell giant. Earth, like, kind of <laughs> gets around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the turn you play it, it's basically just a hell giant, um, which is obviously not great. Um, but um, once you have mana to sink into it, it just it it's basically impossible to deal with without a sweeper like once it hits board and you untap and just like you're just like oh i have mana now like whew, it's really hard to deal with that unless you sweep the board because like all your cantrips just cantrip into more cantrips and you just like you just have some crazy turns of like you know snaps and jaces and cantrips and bobbles and just you do some really dumb crap and you crack you 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 can go from a position where you're really behind and then you find a mentor with a card or two in hand and then you just like play the mentor and have a bunch of mana and go off or maybe like they untap don't have a removal spell crack in you just take it and you're like really low and then you just untap and just like put you know like i don't know like you know four or five tokens into play they can't attack back into you uh and then you just crack back and kill them on your next turn like you just turn the corner so fast um and it catches people off guard sometimes. So the deck is really sweet. I definitely want to run it back. But for this past week for FNM, I um that's like the meme with the guys like looking at the uh looking at the other girl walking girl. by. So man, yeah. it's a sweet deck, it's really fun, it did really well. Yeah, I did good. But like instead oh, man. I played <laughs> I played Grixis Kess. Um and to be honest, I I don't know if the deck's a good deck or not. I think it's decent. Um I've heard from you know the various grixis aficionado living under various rocks that the deck is a pretty well-built version of the deck but um i had a very bad fnm um so last week not this one that just passed before that there was like basically no burn that i saw 
And so I was looking at this list, you know, that is it's tuned for the online meta. And so I guess people people weren't really expecting much burn, uh, which is probably incorrect now based on the challenge results we're going to look at in a little bit. But um, there wasn't really like any like collective brutalities or anything in the board or like I don't think there's any life gain in the 75. And so I was like, man, that's kind of weird. I kind of would like to have some collective brutalities. Like, I don't know, kind of get spooked. I put like three in my Esper Mentor sideboard to give you a, a comparison. Like, I was like, I'm ready for burn. I'm going to slap them with these collective brutalities. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to win. Um, and then I didn't put any in this list because I didn't really want to mess with the list as it was, you know, like found. I was like, well, the 75 works. I don't really want to like, you know, tinker. So... I played against Burn Round One, <laughs> as you do. Uh, I made a match of it. I th- I feel like I did pretty well considering I didn't really have the best sideboard. Um, we went to three games and um, they were not like total stomps. I was really close to stabilizing. I feel like in at least one of them. Um, and then I like sat down and my opponent the next round was kind of talking to me. I think she like overheard me talking to someone else about how I was like, oh yeah, I didn't like play any collective brutalities or whatever. And she's on, uh, mono red prowess, like mono red Phoenix deck. And I was like, fuck, (laughs) like really? Like I'm going to play like the deck. I didn't board, like bring board forward to, you know, effectively twice in a row. row. I was like, wow. So I got I got slapped that time. It wasn't even close. I just got paddled two games in a row. Like easy peasy, GG, no re. Um I was like, well fuck, whatever. I got two more rounds. You know, whatever. I'll I'll but I can't surely I can't play against Burn again. Well, well that's that's where you'd be right. Yeah, I got a buy the next round because I was at the bottom of the rankings and we had uh, an uneven number of people. So uh I was like, that that's fine. I'll watch. Uh, I'll watch Chris play. I'll watch some other people we know. You know, play their sweet decks. I got to watch Chris play some Rug Pile, and um, someone was playing Five Color Snow. Yeah, uh, so that was cool. I got to watch that. Astrolabe is freaking berserk. Um, whatever. So we finally finished that up. You know, hour takes a while to drag by when you're not actually playing. And I sit down. Everyone else sits down looking around i was like man i don't have an opponent i'm you know in the middle of the tables at this point because i got my my win from having the buy so i'm not near the bottom of the pairing so i should have an opponent well it turns out my opponent just decided to leave without dropping and i just happened to win the spin of the wheel on that one (laughs) so lottery winner two times the same evening that was pretty pretty shit so i played against two effective burn decks the night i didn't bring collective brutality and that was that was my fnm although i uh, i did harass the to i was like hey i paid i paid money for this event and i've only played two two matches of magic like what the heck you know kind of jokingly i was like you have a modern deck and he's like thanks for a minute and he's like well technically i do i was like technically what so he goes and fetches this penny sleeved pile and it's oh god it's mono white changelings <laughs> and it's playing i don't know the card names unfortunately but it's playing like a, a single white mana like one one changeling and then it's playing like a six or seven mana changeling it's a three three double strike and it says it costs a mana less for each creature type among the creatures you control and so you play your turn one changeling and then on like turn two i think you just slap down this three three double striking boy 
and then it plays a bunch of pump spells like like you know plus two plus one to your whole team or whatever and and then like mutagenic growths and whatnot and so we play and i'm playing the stupid grixis deck which is just like a pile of discard and removal and so you know just like shred him i think i think the first game i just like just completely demolish him just kill his crap and then like kill him with a snapcast or whatever and then we play another game and um i like do the thing and then i like attack him with a cast or whatever and just like i think he has like one card in hand or something and i let him untap with the three three and no blocks because i'm just like zero respect and he goes like mutagenic growth mutagenic growth attack for seven double striking and i i'm at i think i was at 15 so i got a one he's like oh man like i almost got you <laughs> like one point off i was like whoa could have could have easily died almost pulled a sneaky one on you. yeah no respect get wrecked right like whoo so that was it was entertaining at least but yeah that deck does definitely not put up a a, a fight against like uh a real deck that is uh the deck is 150 percent meme um but uh yeah i mean it's penny sleeved yeah yeah <laughs> i mean it's just card cards he found or like i don't know if he grabbed him out of the bulk bin or whatever i don't know if he actually sorry he probably bought a couple cards or just had them like the mutagenics and stuff those aren't just like laying around free these days i don't think but most of the deck is just like you know draft chafe basically so it was sweet i liked it i hadn't, I hadn't even heard about this deck um so i was like what <laughs> When he plays the three three, I was like, oh, "Okay, okay, I see what's going on here." Hard. <laughs> uh, okay, I see what's going on here. Uh, so yeah, um, so I I'm kind of like split now. I don't get to play F and M this week, um, but I want to play both these decks. So I'm on the um, I'm on the wait list for the card hoarder um, program that Stephen was talking about last week. The like rental thing. For like a really tiny rental like 100 ticks it's like super super cheap and i just like want to have like the extra reach to like you know fill up my collection with like random crap that's like really high right now like force of negation or the stuff for grixis because i have like all the blue white cards and i have most of the black mana just from like stuff i used to play online um so i can i think i can play i definitely can play the grixis deck i don't know if i'll be able to play the esper deck so the grixis deck might just i might just jam it a bunch online until i get sick of it and then go back to playing Esper and Paper, but I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, that kind of segues us in or segues us into our uh, our next topic here, which we wanted to talk about the freaking insane prices of some of these Modern Horizons cards. Yeah, Jesus Christ. So, uh, one of my initial concerns about the set was precisely this. Yeah, um, we're gonna have cards. They're gonna be really good. Everyone wants them on their new decks, and the print run just isn't there to support that. And as a consequence, the prices of those cards go to the moon, and if you didn't get in early, you're not getting in, and you're just really sad about it. Yeah, it's weird because it didn't actually quite work. Uh, the, the end effect was the same, but it didn't actually quite work out like that, I guess. Because like it's a, it's a print-on-demand set, so they're still like printing it. Like It's not hard to get. Like the 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 box prices are actually still like what one seventy or one eighty or something like that, depending on where you get. I think if you have the hookup, you can get them for like one eighty. Someone was saying, and if you look on um, I don't know what website it is. I was looking around the other day at like there's some websites they'll tell you like the EV right of um yeah. of a box, and the EV is like really high. It's like two. It's like above two hundred, like two ten or something like that. Um, and even like the really like um 
um, not aggressive, but like un- like the really low ball estimate for what a box is worth is less than like that 170 price point I mentioned. So it's surprising to me that like stores at the very least, because they get an even cheaper price, right, for these boxes. It's surprising they're not just like cracking packs and trying to flip this product online or something. And maybe they are and just supply hasn't caught up with demand yet. Because I think some of these prices yeah. are, are fueled a bit by like uh, like FOMO, like panic buying. People think they're going to miss out. Um, I mean, but some people kind of did. It's very weird, right? The set is still in print. You can still go get it really easily. But the, the single prices happen. are just weird. But the single prices are insane. Like, Ren 6 is the most expensive card in the set by far. It's the most expensive card on Magic Online. Which has a whole another rash of issues of uh, availability due to you know drafters drying up on the platform and and going to arena, but in paper it shouldn't be a problem, at least not as much. Yeah, so I originally picked one up for like ninety bucks. Dang, you're welcome. <laughs> Great escape because John wanted to go buy some other shit, and I was like, oh, do they have a red and six? Because I wanted to build some bad loam deck, which I still haven't gone around to doing. But I was like, this card seems pretty sweet. Sure, what the hell. Pick it up. I have a bunch of credit. Why not? And then they went up to like 43, 45, and I was like, oh shit. I need more than one of these. I want to play my <laughs> dumb deck. So I ended up buying one off of some dude on Facebook. He was... He lived in like, I don't know, like Missouri or something? Back east, yeah. You know, somewhere far away, and he slapped in an envelope the morning before he was going to a vacation or some shit, I guess, and sent it out to me. And now Ren 6 is, what, $75? Yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. Um, I mean, it is just a very... It's a two-mana Planeswalker, right? It's really powerful. Um, it's taking over Legacy. It's seeing play in Modern. I think people are playing it in EDH. Like, it's just good. I think people were sleeping on the card. Like, I don't know. It seemed like everyone acknowledged, oh, this card is good, but nobody was, like, really excited about it. I think everyone thought it was going to be, like, at least decent, and I don't think anyone took into account the supply issues. I I, don't, I just don't think people, like, res- truly respected that once once it showed up in a 5-0, or a few 5-0s, you know, once people started winning with it, the, like, pile-on effect, right? Like, with these Mythic cards and these low print run sets, it just... It snowballs, and and the biggest I think the big issue too is that it initially spiked. Uh, it spiked on Moto. Moto had access earlier. Um, the cards came out earlier. People started doing well with it in Legacy almost immediately, and so the price spiked. And part of that's because the supply was just piss poor online, right? Um, like a huge bottleneck of supply for the cards because people just aren't drafting as much online, um, and there's just not as much of a player base online compared to you know paper for these supplemental sets, anyways. And so the price went up. And then people in paper were like, well, this is like a, you know, a 60, 40, 60, whatever ticks card online. Clearly it's going to, you know, spike in paper and I don't want to miss out on that. So they bought it in paper and just like the price just, you know, went, went crazy. And yeah, it's a shame because like, it's a sweet card. Like I missed the boat, you know, I, I got the one for you and I was kind of like, man, I kind of want this, but I don't want it that bad. I'll just pick it up eventually, whatever, you know, I don't think it'll go up that much. And yeah, that's just, I'm not going to be playing a run in six deck now in paper or online. Like that's just not happening in, yeah, until it gets reprinted. Yeah, even with or, the rental services, like. Yeah, I just like, yeah, I can't even. not, can't afford it. Yeah, it's, I'd be paying way too much just for like one or two cards. That's just crazy. No way I'm going to do that. 
Um, the only way I would do that if it was like for um, like a tournament online or something that I like cared about, which there haven't been that many of those that I really care about at this point. So, um, so yeah, but Run and Six is not the only card that's uh, going completely nutter butters. Um, we've got um, a couple other mythics. Um, seasoned pyromancer which people are affectionately calling spyro now <laughs> which i quite like um has really jumped as well yeah i remember they were like eight dollars or something at one point right something yeah i got like mine that. really cheap i got i picked up two for like yeah like maybe eight bucks um and i saw them you know at least at least they were 12 bucks when i was looking at them and I was like, eh, like, this card seems pretty good, I guess, but, like, ah, I don't really play, like, am I really gonna play a Seasoned Pyromancer deck? It's like, I don't know if I want to spend the money just to have a card to have it, just in case, and then, well, yeah, now they're <laughs> <laughs> quite a bit more. Yeah. They're, they're like $28 Yeah, now. 28 to 30 bucks, roughly. Yeah. Unfortunate um it's interesting because um we've, so we've got season pyromancer but uh it's interesting is the second most expensive card in the set is actually force of negation which is rare um but i mean i i think the the hype on that card is really driving price because it's you know it's always force of will right like it's a new effect entering the format um free counter spells are good um although this one's got some serious limitations but um this but is, is going for like card. Yes, this like, is good yeah it's just good um going for like what 42 to 45 dollars as we speak now um quite high online as well that's only a rare but it's um it's a card that goes in more decks than run in six like run in six is just you know a, a gold card so it goes in less decks just inherently um next highest card on the list is uh urza lord high artificer which is also a mythic and then season pyramids are also a mythic um urza i think goes in the limited number of decks as well you have to be you know playing an artifact deck um so less less potential decks can play that one um and season pyromancer i think just kind of i think that's the most widely applicable card in the in the mythic slot so far um just kind of goes in the most decks right compared to urza and uh Renin oh Six. yeah it's definitely way more versatile yeah. in terms of decks you can put in and then uh keeping up the trend of versatility prismatic vista the next most expensive card which is a rare um but uh obviously you know being able to fetch his basics it goes in a lot of decks uh we obviously were super high on that card because of swans um i actually bought my set really early online i pre-ordered turns out the vendor i bought from despite having been on ebay for like eight years or something and having a like 99 point something percent approval rating and selling just scads of cards went out of business for their brick and mortar store and then just basically didn't ship any of their sales for modern horizons um pre-ordered like singles or product like sealed product and i think someone on reddit was saying that they like added up like the recent sales just just for the sealed product that this person had sold on ebay and it was like i think it was like thirty thousand dollars or something of product like a very large number and that was just sealed product and they were selling a ton of singles so like quite quite a large uh, amount of uh, fraud basically uh ebay refunded my money after i had to wait for the you know the wait period where you're like oh wait for the person to get back to you or whatever and obviously they didn't they haven't talked right. to anybody they took the money and ran who knows where they are um 
but sure eBay is looking for them. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure eBay is coming after them real hard because um, that's a lot of money to defraud from eBay. I'm sure like legal authorities are involved with that one. <laughs> the cops are definitely coming after this guy for basically stealing magic cards which is kind of funny um and i i wonder if it was like premeditated where like you know they just put all this product up and sold it fully intending to never ship it or if things kind of went tits up after they'd started taking pre-orders it's kind of interesting like i wonder how premeditated it was or if it was just like oh i'm going out of business well might as well yeah oh no i seem to have lost my product yeah and your returns <laughs> so uh unfortunately i had to rebuy my prismatic vistas at a slightly higher price but not not quite as bad as uh i was expecting i think i lost like 20 bucks or something altogether which is not, not the great worst in the world but yeah it could be a lot worse i could have pre-ordered run in sixes <laughs> and i'd be uh i'd be in a much worse spot right now so yeah um but um quite a few other cards on this list hex drinker uh, kind of broke out recently another mythic uh that is seeing play in like jund yeah. i think the card was also like sub ten dollars at one point man jund is like back to being the wallet deck with a vengeance you know like that deck was like the most expensive deck in modern for years and years and years and like they just reprinted the shit out of like tarmogoyf dark confidant liliana like the man lands like everything in that deck got reprinted like thoughtseize got reprinted the fetches got reprinted the shocks got reprinted uh like anything that was expensive in that deck has been reprinted in the last few years right like i don't think they missed anything i'm trying to think i mean that's not to say the cards aren't still really expensive oh they are they've gone back up but they dipped like there was a low point like all these cards had a low point Sure, sure, sure. Uh, like a quite quite a low point and they've you know been getting going back up but almost all the cards in the deck were actually like appreciably lower at their lowest point than they were at their highest point which was you know a long time in, in modern and now, but now we got the run-in sixes maybe some seasoned pyromancers i think some lists are playing a few here and there uh the hex drinkers and then some of them are i think even playing like nourishing peatland right so like the uh the, the new cards the modern horizons yeah, footprint what, like, the on this average- deck cost of a card in jund is now i'm wondering just what the what the the modern horizons buy-in to jund was like just to upgrade right like oh i have jund and now i want to like play new jund like oh yeah it's like if you're playing the deck list that reed was playing with four lilies four ren six <laughs> yeah that's yeah four ren six what four x drinkers maybe i don't remember some, i haven't watched the some, video uh, some spiros some yeah just, lands this is like, bad this is really bad um <laughs> so so yeah uh jund is expensive again um the uh mardu pyromancer deck got kind of a uh a shot in the wallet too with these um seasoned pyromancers uh there were a lot of them are playing some number of yogmoth ran physician which is the next card on the list after hex drinker um they're probably playing some um some of the uh horizon lands i would imagine the canopy lands which are i think all of them are quite high up on the on the price list of cards it's just mythics the really standout rare cards and then the lands right yeah yeah basically i don't think the the only like non rare non mythic non land card that's up there is force of negation yeah oh you mean non mythic rare yeah 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 so yeah. like the next highest um 
like non-land normal rare card is Giver of Runes. Wow, it's which has also down. gone up quite a bit. Yeah, that card's quite far down the list. It's at the eight to ten dollars now. Plague Engineer uh, has been showing up everywhere, also in these uh, GBX decks, or these just BX decks, I should say, because I think they probably might play it in Mardu as well. I, I've been playing it. Uh, it was in the sideboard of my Esper deck, and I also played it in that um, strange Mardu pile, that like black-red... Uh, I think it's just a black-red pile, actually. It doesn't have white in that, right? I'm trying to remember. The... Uh, the Dreadhorde Arcanist deck that I played a couple weeks back uh, was playing it. It's been very good. I've been really pleased to Plague Engineer. Um, I think it definitely commands its $8 price point. It is a super solid card. Um, definitely happy to uh, play it. Especially with Unearth being a thing in these black decks now. Um, played against an Elves player. I like played it, wiped a bunch of his Elves, and then he like dug until he found like a uh, an abrupt decay or whatever and he killed it and then i was like cool untap unearth it's back <laughs> um so he's like go wide creature decks that have you know a very um small uh selection of removal available to them um are pretty pretty weak to uh, plague engineer plus uh unearth or colgon's command or something along those lines oh, that reminds me of the new um elemental deck oh <laughs> that deck whew the, yeah, the the risen like the, reef deck yeah the the ball lightning oh that deck sorry yeah yeah uh, whatever that guy's called I forget his uh, name uh, thunderkin awakener yeah thunderkin awakener so it's just like the the ball lightning the deck deck <laughs> balls to the walls <laughs> and I played against that deck with our with our bloodstone deck actually yeah that deck couldn't beat a uh, could not beat a craft digger's cage yeah. <laughs> I assume they play like a braid or something in the board. At least I'd hope. But yeah, man, Grafiger's yeah. Cage. Terminal Cage was really good. Yeah, they they struggled to beat that one. But uh, yeah, so the prices are are just really high. Um, and you know what? Like I, I, these reprint sets are always going to have some mythics and, and a few rares, you know, at the top of the heap. But um, I definitely feel like man, like Renin Six and Force of Negation just are like way above the price point for a mythic and rare that I would think at this point. Um, Run in six being, you know, almost approaching a median price of $90 is kind of crazy for a card you want multiple copies of in a, in a yeah, supplemental set. Leon the Veil levels of price. Um, and I guess there's nothing we've really had to compare it to in the past because, like, you know, these, like, really high price mythic cards that have been reprinted in the past, like, you know, they did Tarmogoyf and Liliana, yada, yada. Those cards already had, like, a sizable inventory out in the wild you know that was you know basically depressing the price on by adding to the the supply but run in six is just this is this is it like these are the run in sixes like they're coming out of these modern horizons packs there are no others out there so i guess it does kind of and like so the other thing for me is when would wizards reprint any of these cards modern horizons 2 <laughs> electric so, boogaloo <laughs> the the thing is, so Modern Horizons 1, the idea was we're going to print only cards that are going to be newly introduced into Modern. Yeah. I mean, it's a catch-22, right? reprints from Modern Horizons 1 into Modern Horizons 2, you're not doing that anymore. Yeah. So is is this the new Masters set? Or <clears throat> are they trying to shake up Eternal Formats with only Eternal Format legal cards? Yeah, it's it's hard, right? Because like obviously they don't want to like just like have the, print the same set again. But like, how else do they inject more of these cards into the the card pool? 
Yeah, so are you going to print Ren and Six in Commander product? Yeah, they really have kind of put themselves in a pickle with that one, right? Like, they don't, they, they can't print no good cards. Like, they set had to have some good cards. But then if the good cards are in high demand, like, even if they hadn't spiked, you know, these crazy prices like Ren and Six now, like, let's say Ren and Six was, you know, um, you know, a $50 card or whatever, which is like a, a lot more palatable, but still, you know, kind of high. Um, but, you know, a year or two years from now, is it still a fifty dollar card if it's really good? No, it's like it's very expensive, right? Like, yeah, it's a you know a, a you know hundreds you know plus dollar card easily, easily, and so like, yeah, where do they where do they print it again? I guess is the big question because they don't want to print the same set again. But I mean, yeah. So I mean, if 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 all of the big hitters like really need a reprint, you can't just print reprint all those big hitters. And then more big hitters. Yeah. So they don't, you don't, you never get that shot in the arm again that they, that they did. But, you know, maybe they only wanted to do that once or at least once in a, in a, in a blue moon, right? Like you can't just keep dumping giant stocks of new cards onto the format, you know, every a couple of years, even like, it's just too much. Yeah. That's I... true. But, but yeah, but it's like having a rehash that doesn't sell well, I'm sure either. At least, like, it doesn't sell well if the only reason people are buying is because, like, just the singles. Well, maybe that's not true. Hmm. The modern, the modern isn't master that, sets. Isn't that almost exactly why a lot of people buy? Uh, so, there's only two reasons why you buy sealed product, right? You draft, or you're trying to win the lottery. <laughs> yeah, or you're a, ga- a degenerate gambler. Yeah. So, you're either buying it because there's value in the singles, or you're buying it because you're a drafter. So... <clears throat> the if the set doesn't have valuable cards and only drafters open it it doesn't get opened very much yeah it's kind of weird i i, you know, I wonder I, I wonder if there's going to be some sort of equilibrium reached here with you know as the price is getting to the point where it is literally you know profitable to open products like if watsi is printing this on demand like i feel like the shop, like big shops are not going to miss out on an opportunity to just literally like buy product, open product, and then sell it at a profit. Like there's no way that shops aren't going to do that, right? And if it's a print on demand set for however much longer, like they're just going to do it, which is going to drive prices down, at least in the short term. Right. That's what we think should happen. I think it's going to happen. I just don't think these prices are sustainable. Like the the EV, it, like so for a single person that's just buying some product, like you know, you could still just like strike out even though like the averages are definitely in your favor. But when you're when you're, you know, a large store and you're getting into like buying cases of this crap, like the, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Like the numbers are in, in your favor. Like it doesn't matter if you're like whiffing occasionally because you're opening so much that like you're just going to average out. Sure. I mean, yeah, I I agree. I don't think these like Ren and Six being almost ninety dollars is I can't imagine that's going to be sustainable. Yeah. No way. At the same time, how much is it gonna drop? Like, I don't think this card's ever going to be twenty dollars again. No, no. I think I think the most you could drive the card down would be into like the high sixties probably at this point. Unless I'm overestimating how much hype is like holding the, the card the cost of the card high. I mean high sixties I think is still crazy. It is crazy, yeah, definitely. But it is a, it, for, it, for an in-print set. But it's a it's a first print, you know, only print modern playable mythic. It's unique. Uh, it's 
it goes in a fair type of deck. I think a lot of people prefer to play fair decks. Um, so there's a larger demand for it. Um, I guess what I'm saying is like, so like if the, if the price on like, if people are just opening products, like where does like, where's the value go? Is like, is Renin six just solely going to hold value while all the other stuff drops? Like, I don't think that'll be the case. Right. I mean, it is a mythic. Yeah. So it, it it's it's supply will increase slower than say force of negation. That's true. Like I think you definitely like see the price on on force of negation bottoming out well before Renin six. Um, Urza is also an, a high demand mythic and season pyromancer. I could see being the same. Yeah. I guess I don't know exactly how much like how much of it is just hype. Yeah, that's the big question. I'm just trying to look at the other mythics and see like what other cards. You know, have have big value like Urza stands out. Season Pyromancer, Hex Drinker, Hex Drinker mainly just because it's going to be like a four of probably or three of the decks that play it. First Sliver will stay high because it's it's a Sliver for Commander. Ranger Captain of Eos has been seeing a lot of success, so I think that one will stay high. And then it kind of dries up. Morphe on the Boundless will see at least. I don't think it'll like get too low just because of Commander. I think that Mox is gonna go down, down, down. Yeah, the yeah, the Mox is already like quite high at like seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kess is absurdly low. Kess is like a mythic that's selling for like two and a half bucks. <laughs> it is uh the trash mythic, or one of the trash mythics. I think it is the tr- the trash mythic of the set, which is funny to me. Cause I, I well, like... cause it's it's like the only mythic that has already been in existence. Yeah. <laughs> the uh i think the foil ones are selling for more than the old foils just because they're not like terribly warped oh for sure (laughs) which is kind of funny but yeah i think most of the mythics in this set are like pretty good except for i guess the mox is the real the real uh stinker the swords aren't great either oh no these swords are not good at all unbound flourishing can't be very good because i literally don't even know what it does it's a hydra card must be bad Whenever you cast a permanent Akane's X double X. Uh EDH probably likes this, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean I think doubling seasons uh I think, I think EDH success. A lot of cards. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely that was the whole joke, right? It was like, you know, EDH horizons or whatever. Um Like doesn't Urza seem sick in EDH? Probably. I try not to think about such things. Mono blue, at least, I guess. I don't know. Maybe you play it in some other deck. I don't know. I don't want to waste breath or brain power on EDH. Artifacts are um, playable in that format. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, anyways, that's uh, that's kind of like what we wanted to go over. Just the prices are quite high. A couple cards whose prices are not going to be as high. Um, The powerful new trio although i guess one of them was like a common or uncommon so it was never gonna be high but uh the bridgevine deck had got a real uh power down with the banning of bridge from below not, not even a card that was in the new set but uh hagak altar of dementia and carry on feeder were obviously booed up by the existence of this card in the format but uh yeah also la vista don't let the door hit you on the way out bridge from below i am glad that it is gone and i hope that it is enough um we've already seen some new card or some new versions of the deck that uh 
of popping back up, man. You know, everyone wants to make it make it work. So we'll see if this initial wave of people trying to trying to make Hagaka thing still pan out or if it kind of goes the way of the dodo and just kind of becomes old school dredge. I think Wizards uh gave some pretty sound reasoning in their ban announcement this time. Yeah. Um they had all the data available to them from MTGO and the win rate of the deck was insane. Uh, I think they said it's above 60%. Yeah. Actually. It's crazy. And they said, oh, okay, you know, whenever there's a new deck, it usually overperforms initially until people adjust. And when people adjusted, it was still kicking everyone's ass. So. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> they had an opportunity to take action, and they did. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy that it was like. I think that they say after people had started to adjust, it was like still in like the like low fifty percent or something like that. Like, <laughs> like everyone was gutting for this deck, and it was still winning over fifty percent of the time. Like that's just crazy. Yeah, it was really gross. And they said like in the top ten most played decks, it had two less than fifty percent matchups. <laughs> yeah, it reminds it reminds me of. Um... It reminds me of uh, Mono Red back in Standard when like Mono Red just took a fat dump on everything except for uh, Rug Energy, but like Rug Energy just like stomped it, so <laughs> it like kept it from being the best deck in the format. Yeah, it's but like, there was there was no Rug was, like, Energy. Maybe 51 percent against everything, and like fifty four percent against mono red and then mono red was like 54 percent like everything except for yeah rug yeah the numbers were like insane but there was like there was just no rug energy in the format <laughs> or at least no one had found it which is kind of funny like just but everyone was playing rug energy no 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 in in modern with with bridge oh like, the, there, the... there was no like deck that like was keeping it you know in check it would just like there wasn't there wasn't an answer there was no like there was no paper to the rock <laughs> so yeah but uh good riddance glad to see that gone um with it gone as we kind of alluded to there was a lot of experimentation going on in the format with all these sweet new cards and hagak was kind of casting a long shadow over that but now we're free to uh, breathe breathe deeply and and uh and uh take advantage of all these sweet new cards and we have a moto modern challenge with uh i think it was the first set of decks in a challenge since the banning and it's interesting so you know what you you should all do there's a big meta shake up you have all these new options and new directions you can go. Turns out, just leave up Lava Spike. <laughs> just play Burn. That's not exactly a, a shocker either. That like Burn Burn has traditionally done well in a in a new format like this. Yeah, whenever people are uncertain, playing decks that are perhaps not quite optimized yet, Burn usually comes in and. Uh, puts up some good good results yep nice and efficient people aren't usually thinking about it so they're not you know sideboarding against it and uh we have burn here in second and third place um a couple others i think we went one down in 19th place as well in 21st place um so burn showing up uh what four times in this top 32 with two of them in the top four yep burn 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 humans wins the event also puts a copy into fifth place and uh, playing a copy of the modern staple dauntless bodyguard <laughs> yeah it is interesting to see that one uh 
getting uh, getting put in, put me in, coach. Um, uh, he protect. He also attack. Yeah, it's a good card. Most importantly, you can fetch him off of Ranger Captain Abuse. Yeah, that's really strong. Um, the the deck I really want to talk about, even though it's not a very interesting deck, is the fourth place Mono Blue Tron, and not because the deck, but because the player. It is Shock Troopa. If you who else would it be? If you've been paying attention to modern five uh, O results for any length of time, you have seen Shock Troopa before. They only play Mono Blue Tron, from what I know, and they they've been playing this deck forever. Like, how far back do you, I gotta I gotta pull up Goldfish real quick because these are uh, these results are on um, on uh, on the Wizards website. But let's... I mean, Mono Blue Tron is a very old deck, and it changes very little. Yeah, like the, the years. I just want to see like uh, how far back the. Uh, Oh, they don't they don't show all the results on uh on Goldfish anymore. They only show back a little ways, I think, unfortunately. That's a bummer. <laughs> but yeah, Shot Troop has been putting up results with Mono Blue Tron on uh on Moto just forever. And I'm actually hit the expand button and now my my tab is crashing, so I'm just gonna close that. Uh, but uh but yeah, they're they've been around forever. So it's uh cool to see them do well. Um did they get any spicy new tech into their list? Let's have a look. See here, uh, we've the got card in the deck is Karn. Karn, which is uh makes sense. It's a it's a good card. Um, what do they got for their package? They've got a Chalice, a Crucible, EE, Mechasynthalatus, Trinisphere, Relic, a Progenitus, a Phyrexian Revoker, and uh, a decent smattering of Grave Hate to go around with that. So almost all the sideboard is uh, is actually a wishboard and uh, grave hate. Yeah, what else do you need? Kind of interesting, but uh, yeah, deck that's been around forever, kind of been doing the same thing. It's Tron deck that plays counter spells and some bounce, and um, yeah, it's definitely it's a the higher same thing. It's been always doing a higher class of Tron than uh, Green Tron for sure. <laughs> uh, I definitely don't uh, don't have. Uh, dislike for this deck to the same extent that i do uh mono green tron or green red tron <laughs> uh but aside from that um we've got um another standout there's no phoenix in this top 32 not a single one no blue red phoenix no mono red phoenix there's also only one uh neo brand deck yeah it is surprising so New Band, especially with the London Mulligan, everyone was saying this deck's gonna come out of the woodwork again and just be, you know, destroying everybody. But it seems like so far it's been pretty pretty tame. Yeah, it's interesting. I want to look at like the other decks in the top eight and see like matchups. Like I guess humans is well, it probably depends because it's like a deck that's trying to win on like on on turn two usually, right? Like I think that's like their their. Uh fundamental turn or whatever is turn two or one you know sometimes that's how it is yeah i think they're i think i was reading something about the math earlier that they're like 40 percent to have both pieces of the combo in the opener but then like they also have to have like the mana too the mana, yeah. <laughs> so um it's like with mulligans and all that it goes down so i don't think they're super likely to turn one but um yeah, only one copy, which is kind of weird. 
it's just actually it's it's really interesting like looking at this this top 32 i feel like it's like a lot of decks that have been around in modern for a while and then like a smattering of like spice like we've got yeah so uh the original intent of modern horizons was to give lesser played archetypes some tools to perhaps become more competitive and in doing that we now have uh, humans which has been here forever burn which has been here forever mother which has been here forever uh Grixis War is new hollow one has been here for quite a long time although skeletal is a new addition uh jund yeah literally it's a format etron not new so like there aren't really that many truly new decks yeah and you know there's we got these word decks there's like two grixis war decks and a blue green war and like these deck these this archetype has been around though right like they've got new toys as well but i feel like the the war archetype has been quite established in modern at this point yeah the word person deck was um pretty well known about prior to you know urza yeah so um we've got like another eldrazitron some blue eye control dredge a shadow deck more burn green black rock another shadow deck and then we've got like yeah most of these decks are just decks that have been around a long time and then we've got we got the spice we got the we've got the 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 new decks and there's two individuals here playing a hagak deck and their lists are really close to one another's and i don't know if they worked together or if someone posted a list online or or what i'm not i'm kind of out of the loop on this but um their lists are quite similar um they both have one instant <laughs> one one person is playing fatal push the other is playing dark blast they both have 19 lands the distribution of which is quite close they both got their favorite suitings Venge vine citrus supplier prized amalgam um hagex hedron crabs grave crawlers blood ghasts and then i think one player is playing um uh is it insolent neonate and the other is playing crypt breaker which is kind of interesting divergence um yeah but very similar decks and the, the goal here is to use hedron crab and fetch lands to kind of uh turbocharge your uh, graveyard engine um which is an interesting way of looking at things um has anyone ever really played with crab in this way i feel like i mean aside from our good friend mike's dredge mill deck i feel like most of the time crab is a mill card not a i think graveyard card some people tried playing hedron crab vengevine decks in the past and they were heinously terrible (laughs) like just just terrible um it's not enough density of effects probably i i don't know it's a density thing right probably like we've just got more of more of the the effects now maybe yeah i guess now there's just more things that are worth putting in the yard like this deck is playing prized amalgams stitcher supplier Uh, is like another like so you've got what looting stitcher supplier and and crab is like one minute ways yeah i think stitcher supplier is really like one of the key cards here just because it's a zombie yeah, it's a, and, it does everything that these yeah, decks want. Color coming back was really the the big hurdle that I had to come over to get over beforehand. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So if Heatred Crab were a zombie, I think this deck would have been a thing for our much longer. That's true. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. This this deck uh, still retains a lot of its engines. Like it's got the Bloodgast Grave Crawler thing going on still with Stitcher Supplier and um and Carrion Feeder. Feeder and, Crawler. Yeah, just really gross. And um, that's all still intact. Vengevine's still kind of doing its thing together with all of this and crab is just trying to like instead of you know getting that that boost that they got from the zombies from bread from below they're just trying to kind of be a bit faster at maybe not faster but um consistent i guess at dumping stuff into the yard yeah so I mean, this deck is playing 36 creatures yeah it's kind of crazy like, the only spells are four fatal suiting and one fatal push in this one list yeah the other one's got a dark blast it's basically a removal spell <laughs> surprised that this person went with fatal push over dark blast it's interesting for like a one of you know <laughs> that you can't uh can't get back once it gets milled over <laughs> dark blast seems more on theme but uh yeah they got 11th and 12th place right next to each other with their matching deck lists a little bit different takes on the sideboards um the player not playing main deck cryptbreaker is playing them in the sideboard um and then there's um yeah, just a variety yeah, of different things. Clearly the 11th place uh, knew what he was doing because he has a Leyla in the Void. Pulse <laughs> is not. They probably won the mirror and got 11th place, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. It's, uh, that's, having, that's having faith in your deck right there, right? Like, ah, yes, I think this deck is really good. I'm going to play the sideboard hate for the mirror. <laughs> so um, we'll see if these are a flash in the pan or if they start showing up more. I think people are definitely much more aware of the list now. Hopefully Crab Gak doesn't become a scourge on the format the same way the Bridgevine decks did. Um, but time will be time will tell. That's the only way we'll really know. Um and another thing that kind of strikes me about this challenge is there is a decent amount of Tron. Um we've got um two players on mono blue Tron, which is kind of surprising to really. Um, yeah, I mean, one one player on Tron is surprising enough. Yeah, and then we've got uh, uh, one, two people, it looks like, on uh, Eldrazi Tron. And then we've got uh, two people on Mono Green Tron. So we've got six Tron decks evenly split amongst three very distinct archetypes, right? Like, I think if you had to pick the you know, difference between Tron archetypes, uh, uh, mono green Tr eldrazi tron and, and mono blue tron are basically the three furthest into the spectrum from one another right like uh, i mean green tron and blue tron i would say they're both mostly control decks yeah uh, but the way they kind of go about doing that is, is quite different at least yeah but uh but yes yeah, so it's interesting to see uh, uh, uh not only a lot of tron but a, a spread of a spread of tron decks and you know one of the predictions people had was well you know the new one Mulligan is going to make these uh these tron decks a little better because they are going to be much more consistent at having keepable sevens or i shouldn't say sevens but keepable hands um which is very nice for a deck that's trying to you know put multiple pieces together and then do a big thing kind of like a combo deck um not having to just take a random six but another seven and then getting rid of that you know redundant um threat or redundant bobble effect is probably quite nice i guess that's about it huh oh it's your buddy sultai for life playing not sultai yeah not sultai it is a uh, blue green they seem to not be or blue uh blue black they seem to not be playing green lately they've given up on 
on the green. But yeah, there's uh there's two actually um Demir decks that I like in this this deck dump. Um there is um Sultai for Life playing this uh weird list really. They're playing two Dark Confidants and three Narset and three Liliana, two Jace. They've got three main deck force negation, two surgicals, smattering of removal, sweepers. It's a kind of a weird deck really. Yeah, two main deck damnation is kind of strange. Yeah, they're just trying to be a mid-rangey controlly deck. Um, they've got a Gryar Reach Sanitarium to go with their Narsets, which is kind of spicy. Uh, kind of funny in your Liliana deck to be playing a deck that draws your opponent cards, though. <laughs> I mean, it's not really plus cards, though. I guess, yeah. It combos with Narset, which is adorable. Yeah. Uh, so that deck is uh, is quite sweet, and then I also really like this uh, this blue-black shadow deck. And it's interesting, they just gave up on the third color, or the fourth color, as some people do, and it, the list is just so clean. Um, they've got um, their threat package with a, a Jace Ferns Prodigy, and they've they've got room for three Force of Negations, and they've got some cantrips of Serum Visions, and uh, some ops and um it, it, it like i feel like because like when building shadow like a lot of the times you were kind of like trying to figure out like where you wanted to go on numbers and stuff and you were like trying to shoehorn the third color in and um this was just like i feel like you get to play like all the like all the cards that you kind of wanted to play but like maybe couldn't because you were like trying to get that value out of your third color and well of course you were playing the third color because it was so free with your mana like why wouldn't you play the third color um but i, I kind of like it and they, they found space for an unearth in here which is quite nice with jcvp and snap and obviously the shadows um they, on, i think this deck uh I think this deck needs more vendillion clicks vendillion click yeah like the the gentleman that we played against ages ago <laughs> he was playing tassiger instead of Gurmog angler i feel like this take on the deck is much better than that than that one that we we ran into ages back though with his weird uh, Minamo legendary sub theme he had going on, I don't, I don't really get behind that. But this deck is just, uh, it's just still doing the shadow things, but it's not really getting distracted by a third color and really just kind of staying um, on point with the really core of the deck. And in return, it um, it actually just doesn't straight up lose to a Blood Moon, which is kind of nice, um, or even like opposing land destruction with getting to play four basics is quite nice. Um, and I don't think you really need more than four fetch or more sh four shock lands, honestly. Like being able to fetch shock four times, that is twelve damage. Um, I don't think you need much more than that out of your mana base, in all honesty. Um, so, and then they get to play some cool stuff on the sideboard. They've got a Jace the Mind Sculptor, which is quite nice, being able to go a little bit bigger in uh, matchups that call for it. Um, I don't feel like the deck is really missing anything aside from. Um, the teamer battle rage which has been my number one criticism of, of any non-red shadow deck um just not having the ability to uh punch through a, a wide board is kind of sad but i mean literally any non-grixis uh version of the deck suffers from that so or i should say any non-red version of the deck suffers from that so i can't hate on it too much when people are playing esper right now this is so much sweeter than just rolling your face on the keyboard and playing TBR. 
it is much sweeter although it might it might uh, lose in a few spots although they do gain access to plague engineer in the board which you could obviously play in other versions as well but playing plague engineer does kind of help against that um being able to name spirit against lingering souls or elf against elves or you know whatever uh, elemental against young pyromancer um does help quite a bit with um keeping yourself from just kind of getting mired in these you know x1 blockers that um kind of plagued you in some matchups in the past uh any other sweet decks you want to you want to talk about in this uh challenge the 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 astral cornucopia deck perhaps <laughs> uh we have a, a player that's played this at our shop for a while uh he hasn't been playing modern as much because he's been working but uh it is interesting to see where this surge nude astral cornucopia core tapper deck has kind of ended up yeah so the big difference is it used to play paradox engine yeah <laughs> that's gone away and instead they have mystic forge which is quite good <laughs> it's like experimental frenzy except you can you're actually allowed to play cards from your hand <clears throat> yeah being able to clear off the top of your deck is quite nice too and uh this deck has uh quite a few ways of uh of untapping right i feel like that's uh a thing or am i misremembering i haven't looked at the deck lists in quite a while I mean that was the thing they did with Paradox Engine. Ah uh, yes, they so they can't they can't untap the forge to keep clearing the top of their deck like they used to be able to with some of the other stuff. Uh, but it's still sweet though. Like and they have a Karn package now, um, which is obviously quite good. Gives you another win con. Uh, no more faffing about with um, what was it Magistrate's Scepter before, trying to take oh, yeah. infinite turns and they can kind of sidestep that now i like the four karn sign of urza in the in the sideboard you can just pull out a, an engine swap <laughs> take your four karn the great creator shove them in the board and pull out four karn sign of urza depending on the matchup <laughs> yeah you know, if your opponent's bringing in a bunch of collector oofs yeah just make a bunch of constructs that are real big yep no no abilities here just just power <laughs> gonna block with that oof yeah uh, so yeah, this deck's kind of cool, and uh, uh, this is, looks much more like a um, a prison type of strategy. Yeah, with the chalices and the bridges. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Speaking of sweet decks, though, I guess we can get into our sweet deck. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah, development on this deck uh, occurred a couple years back. And when the meta got thrown into disarray, we kind of dropped development. And with the printing of Lotus Field, we kind of wanted to revisit the deck. And you know, I think you've been doing most of the work on it, Chris, with me just kind of throwing out some opinions here and there and watching you test it. But uh, Lotus Field seems just great, right? Yeah, so with, um, with Blood Sun, it's just an Urza's Tower that makes colored mana. <laughs> It's pretty uh, pretty crazy. Pretty good. Yeah. Um so the funny thing is without a blood sun it has hexproof. So they can't ghost quarter it when the blood sun isn't there because it has hexproof. And when the blood sun is there, they can't ghost quarter it because ghost quarter doesn't do anything. <laughs> Although we did get like Stone Rained or something, right? I wanna say We did get Fulminator Mage. That's right, Fulminator Mage, yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. It's like, oh man, shields are down. <laughs> Hmm, I kind of wish we didn't have this blood sun right now. 
But um, we 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 won that game anyway. It was fine. Yeah, so this is yet another mid-rangey modern deck that uh, benefits from Karn the Great Creator existing in the format. Um, it is a Karn deck. Um, it uh, works together with our game plan of making a fuck ton of mana um, by just winning the game with a Mycosynth Lattice or fetching some sort of bolt out of the yard. And obviously having a lot of mana plays nice of Karn because you can play the Karn and do the thing the same turn, which is quite good. But it also just works well when you're not doing the thing and you just need to go... 4 mana into 5 mana, or 4 mana into 6 mana, and just, you know, win the game that way. Um, and that's kind of, I think, been the core of what we've been trying to figure out with the deck, is how to um, have threats and um, and cards that work well in the Blood Sun games and really leverage um, the mana we make, but also are just not dead when we fail to set up the, the engine. Or not even yeah, an engine, so but the... the... The threats have always been the big problem with this deck. Um... Because if you do have, you know, if you're going off with the combo of Blood Sun plus your lands, you have tons of mana. So you want to play like this big a haymaker as you can find. But in the event that your Blood Sun gets destroyed or you just didn't draw it or something because you're not a, you know, a can tripping blue deck, um, and you have all these super clunky haymakers that you can't actually play, then it's not so good. So I think Karn just does a very good job at kind of fitting both roles. You know, you have tons of mana. He's really good, as you mentioned. Uh, to play the thing you tutored for the same turn, and if it's a little bit slower, he's still a pretty much must answer. Yeah, definitely. Karn is scary. <laughs> um, and and even if he's like you know imminently gonna die, instead of fetching the lattice, you just get you know some other haymaker out of the board, and your opponent knows it's coming, which is quite good. Just like putting that pressure on him. Yeah, it can't just plus to six too, which is insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he also has text. I mean, sometimes you randomly hose their artifacts too. Mm-hmm, definitely. You know, meaning like Aether Vials or even against Dredge, like turning off Shriekhorns have been pretty good sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, these new Grixis decks just like get completely hosed by it, right? They're over here trying to play like Talismans and faff around with artifacts. Oh yeah, unfortunately, uh, Urza himself does not really care. Yeah, he still gets to tap artifacts for mana, but um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of incidental like value with the Karn and the Blood Sun, right? Especially with people's like greedy mana bases. Yeah, <laughs> Blood Sun just kind of randomly hoses them. Even like the human decks, right? They'll play this cavern and then it just doesn't make any colored mana because they weren't allowed to name anything yeah yeah it's uh and playing it on you know we're playing it on turn two pretty reliably and so um if you're on the play that's really going to cripple your opponent's mana in a lot of matchups unless they're lucky enough to draw their you know their shocks or whatever instead of their fetches uh, but obviously, like you don't want to be a one trick where you're just trying to like uh, get people with their mana, like uh, like yeah. stifle. So if you wanted to do that, you just play mono red prison. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I think the ability to uh, pressure people's mana while also having a really big mana game available is uh, is quite interesting. Um, and so I think I think the card that's probably been most impressive to me is the more we test in the old version. I think we identified it. Fairly early on, but like the more we play with it, this Chandra Flame Caller is just really good. 
Is it Flame Caller? I think is that. Yeah, yeah. Flame Caller. It's so tiny, but yeah. It's the uh, the six mana Chandra from Oath of the Gatewatch, I believe. That sounds about right. I forget. She's nutter butters. That's what you need to know. She just does everything the deck wants. <laughs> she yeah, so uh, plus one to make two three one elementals. So that's a clock. Yep. Pretty fast with that. Yep. The hasty zero to wheel yourself. Plus one. Discard your hand. It's a wheel, plus one. wheel yeah. plus one. Yeah, which is just great. And so when you play these ramp decks, oftentimes later in the game, your hand is either non-existent or pretty trashy. So you can turn your trash into hopefully shiny new action. Trash to treasure. <laughs> and uh, probably the most important thing, actually, is her minus X. Uh, deals X damage to each creature. So she's kind of like a board sweeper. And if you only have to X minus three to kill, you know, random three threes and whatever, then you still get to keep the Chandra. So you get to wipe the board and then start pumping out three ones to kill your opponent with. It's like, it's quite good. Yeah, it's quite good. And also, um, some of the other creatures in the deck actually have a four toughness, so they or more, so they don't even get killed by that, which is just a great place to be. Yeah, like Corsa Crucifix and good old Glorybringer. Yeah, so that's a card worth talking about, I guess. We've kind of, I think the cards in the middle from like the three to five section is where we struggle the most. I think the six mana and up stuff has been pretty easy to figure out what we wanted to play. But the 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 flexible cards have been the ones we've kind of had more trouble deciding on, right? Yeah, the exception of Karn. Yeah, Karn, is Karn, Karn was a slam dunk. <laughs> But uh, Glorybringer is a card I've I've been a big fan of for a while since I was playing it in really stupid dragon decks, and um, I guess this also ended up in our other napkin deck, the uh, the Just Guy Dragons deck, uh, leveraged Glorybringer. <laughs> so I guess we're no stranger to casting uh, standard dragons in modern. Um, but yeah, it's a tie. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but being able to just do, um, you know, cracking in the air for a hefty amount of damage hastily uh, and also pick off uh, creatures in the process is just so good. Especially in this format where Planeswalkers are making a, a big resurgence with all these, you know, uh, blue-white Planeswalkers that have been so powerful. Um, getting in for four damage in the air at hasty speed is something that um, kind of snipes off a lot of tap-out or white Planeswalkers. Yeah. It's to kill a Jace unless they bust it. They tap out. Unfortunately, I don't think you get to kill Teferi. Uh, Only plus. Three mana Teferi? Uh, five mana Teferi. Oh, well, yeah, it's a five mana card, though, so. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, if they just like, tap out for three mana Teferi, just untap Glory Bring and just murder it. Yeah, they get a card off their Narset, but then you, you know, kept your, your Glory Bringer sticks around, so. Um,. Yeah, it's just it's quite good. It picks off value creatures as well. Uh, Dark Confidant, obviously not seeing as much play as it used to, but that's like uh, an ideal kind of uh, type of card to to snap off a. Also, really good at killing Thought Not Sears. Yeah. With uh, Eldrazi Tron being kind of back on the resurgence, this is definitely a good card against them. Flies over any sort of junk they leave on the ground. Kills Thought Not Sears. Um, unfortunately, does not block Reality Smasher very well, but. I guess the uh, actually the newest card, with the exception of Lotus Field that we have in this deck, is actually a Boreal Grazer. <laughs> um, this card looks dumb. It's a sloth. Um, a sloth. <laughs> but the the problem with the deck originally was you wanted mana dorks 
So you can play your Blood Sun on turn two. But Bird of Paradise is the only one mana green dork that makes red mana. <laughs> yeah. And Utopia's Bowl is not really an option because we're not playing very many forests in our deck. So we were playing Sakura Tribe Scout originally, and it was just not good. It just was a disappointment almost every time. Grazer, on the other hand, has uh, been performing reasonably well. Um, getting to like put a bounce land or even a non-bounce land into play on turn two uh, lets you on turn one actually lets you play your turn two Blood Sun on time, and just being a dumb zero three blocker has been pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, overperformed in that aspect for sure. And being a Rishi boy has not been bad either. <laughs> Yeah, you get to block some Narcomibas sometimes, or yeah, it's probably quite good against Spirits early game. Just uh, saves you from a lot of chip damage. I feel like that deck a lot of times wins if it doesn't if it doesn't just go completely ham and overwhelm you, like you know, like with like an absurd amount of damage in one swing. Uh, it usually just kind of like ekes you out, and the the early early chips for like one to two damage really kind of gets you, and this just kind of shuts that down. Yeah, and you don't have to feel bad about just chumping something huge with it either. Yeah, it's already done its job. Uh, we also do have, I think, a, a, an equally new card that we have in the deck, though, is a Finale of Devastation. I think that one came out the same set, right? Oh, uh, yes. But uh, yeah, that's that's also been a very important card, I think. And I, I don't think we're quite sure how many to play yet, but it, it really fits the uh, the ticket for being a, a card that's um, playable in the low mana games, but also is exactly what you want in the high the, the high mana games. Um, it's a perfectly serviceable five drop to go get a tireless tracker or a corsair of crufix but uh, when you have oodles of mana you can go get yourself a glory bringer an inferno titan or even a hornet queen which is obviously quite good um, although chris did get his dreams crushed <laughs> yeah so my hope was if you finale x10 or more that you get a hornet queen and then all the bees get plus 10 plus 10 as well in haste that is not how that card works so the finale resolves, so pumps all your guys, and then your Hornet Queen makes some bees. So the Hornet Queen herself becomes a 12-12 hasty, angry bee. <laughs> but the rest of the bees are kind of late to the party and don't quite understand why everyone's so upset. <laughs> At least they're good blockers to protect against the crackback. <laughs> if there is yeah. one. <laughs> but if we're if we're finaling X10, there's usually not a crackback. Yeah. Um, so I will say attacking for 11 with a Boreal Grazer feels kind of great. Yeah, no no defender on that card, which is quite nice. Um. <laughs> yeah, get some coming and going. Yeah. So yeah, the uh, the I think the finale has been just really great in that in that aspect because it it um it really does fit the ticket for that go way way over the top situation, right? Um, if you were uh, to go get a Hornet Queen or even an Inferno Titan, uh, can hammer down some blockers on the way down. Um, and then get in for just an absurd amount of damage. It triggers, you know, you get two triggers on it, so you can uh, remove up to six toughness of blockers before you get in, which uh, is quite good. Yeah, so this is kind of like a uh, controlling-ish mid-range kind of, kind of deck. And so, as such, sometimes the games do go, go a little bit long, and so ripping a finale when you just have tons of mana is quite good. Yeah, I think the most suspect card in the list right now is we have three copies of Explore. Um, I expect that to be a card that kind of shrinks 
as we figure out more of the numbers on the other cards in the deck. Or even other cards you might want to play instead. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's never terrible, but I never amazing either, I feel like. I guess there are some lines of uh, the Karoo lands and Explore that are quite nice, though. Yeah, so if you like Lotus Field, Explore, Lotus Field, you've actually ritualed for a mana. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, the deck's sweet. Um, still kind of penciling in the details, but um, it's been pretty decent. I think we're we need to we need to get uh, a few more cards for it that we're missing online that are quite expensive. I mean, the deck has definitely been overperforming. Um, I expected to just get ranched with this pile, and I've been playing it, and I've been doing a lot better than I was expecting. I'm beating a lot of decks that I feel like I had no business beating. Like I beat the Mono Red Prowess deck with this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just it um it stays alive quite well into the mid game, and then your mid game cards are just super punishing to that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, getting to land an Inferno Titan against these kind of, like, prowess creatures decks is usually really good. It's interesting because Karn gives you so much flexibility in the sideboard, too. If we can, you know, if we identify our weak matchups, like, we have a Worm Coil engine in the sideboard right now, but, like, imagine if you, you know, you came to the point where you realized that Burn was a, a matchup that you usually just kind of lost by a little bit, right? Like, you just didn't have quite enough time to stabilize and turn the corner, well, just uh, slip yourself a, a sun droplet or something into the uh, into the board, or a a dragon's claw, <laughs> and um, I think this deck can fairly consistently put out Karn plus dragon's claw the same turn on like what turn four maybe. Oh, another card that's, that's impressed me a lot out of the board has been Force of Vigor. Yeah, that card's been quite powerful, uh, and because we have a lot of mana disposal, sometimes four mana two for ones are real real nice mm -hmm. yeah definitely um that is a nice aspect of this deck is we can play some of the more powerful but less efficient cards that get passed over sometimes by other mid-range decks just because um we have less difficulty you know making making mana uh counts and generally speaking we're not trying to multi-spell the same turn until late in the game and late in the game we have oodles of mana anyways so it's not a big deal. This deck can tear through a deck with a clues off tireless tracker at a pretty crazy rate. Yeah, and tracker will just kill you fast. Yeah. I I also really enjoy the fire spouts on the board because you can use your lotus field to make triple red to fire spout to wipe their board and leave your birds of paradise unharmed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't know. There's uh, there's so much room for sweet sweetness in this deck. Get we can get a Tarka in here uh, if need be. <laughs> Dragon Lord Tarka. Yeah. So I I don't know. I'm not trying to say this is going to be the next uh, you know tiered modern deck, whatever. But as a meme, it's it's pretty great. Yeah. I think that I guess the biggest play almost whatever you want. I guess the biggest question right now is whether we play Ballistas in the deck or not. Yeah, the original version did play Ballista as kind of like this mana sink, curve filling card, which it was yeah, very good at. It was pretty good at that time too as well um just positioned very well it doesn't seem to positioned as well now yeah it does it, it but it is still quite a good card it just yeah it uh it does a lot of things quite well um it's just not as good in the low mana games though a lot of the time 
It just kind yeah. of comes. It's like if you're a, stuck on like five mana. It's a, a two-two that like pings some card that you're just not like super concerned about. Yeah, just like not not impactful enough. Um, it just turns into like a bad burn spell if they have any removal. But um, yeah, the deck is cool. Um, we will continue to uh, work on sussing out where we want to be with our threat package and sideboard. And um, there's still some questions to be answered about colors. The deck was originally a, a Naya deck, um, but Lotus Field kind of um, moved us out of white because you, we don't need to play as many Karoos anymore. Before it was kind of like, well, you have to play more Karoos than just Gruel Turf, so we're going to play uh, Boros Garrison and I think it's Celestia yeah, so Sanctuary. nearly as many uh, third color Karoos as you were playing two on cruise yeah the third color was basically free anyway but now we've got lotus field which um is weird because we have no real third color but you also are making triple of any color so splashing is certainly possible especially with these birds of paradise but it's like it's uh it's not super reliable either um so yeah interesting interesting thing to kind of suss out with the sideboarding if we want to get some some spicy uh other colored cards into the deck did a kind of a cursory sweep through gatherer and i don't know it's like a lot of stuff didn't really like stand out to me as like real slam dunk cards i think like the best stuff i found was like cataclysmic gear hulk uh you don't want to play sarah the benevolent into glory bringer ha! i mean that is quite good <laughs> I feel like I feel like the big beefy like um white uh five drops were kind of like the stuff that like blue white control plays in the sideboard were the cards that I always like most intrigued to buy because they like fix potential pain points for a deck like this, like a mid range kind of deck, right? Where like, oh, Cataclysmic Gear Hulk is like a really sweet board wipe that doesn't like get got by um like humans um or spirits very well. And then like the Bane Slayer effects are obviously just good because they're just you know they kill you they gain you life yada yada but then we like kind of got worm coil going on already with our karn it's only a mana more it's a little bit more resilient so it's like eh. yeah and i guess this is just like the pains of trying to brew a deck right yep <laughs> uh there's there's a lot of cards you can play in magic and figuring out the ideal ones for your perhaps less than ideal strategy still no easy task <laughs> So we'll, uh, we'll keep you, the listener, up to date with any changes we make uh, of substance to the deck, or if we start doing quite well with it, maybe we'll post some stuff, try to make a little bit more use of our uh, our Twitter account or our Facebook account, maybe share some of that stuff out. Uh, as always, we'll be posting on the Discord. We're going to share some of our lists with the Discord listeners, um, probably right after we finish recording this. Um so you can find us on redbubble.com by searching for mtg conflux we've got uh t-shirts available on there now they're about 15 dollars or so so you can go pick one up um they look quite nice i'm going to be getting one for myself i assume you probably will be too chris um so let us know when you get your shirt uh you can uh tweet at us or post on the facebook page and tag us uh if you want to take a picture uh, maybe we'll do a uh a raffle or something i don't know um maybe we can send people some slither blades 
sign slither plates or something i don't know sign yeah there you go man uh first edition um but yeah uh check it out i know people have been uh asking me about it for a while now it's finally happened sorry for the the delay um but they're up there um we're gonna probably do more than just shirts um we're gonna try to do like uh stickers and stuff too um they seem pretty cool uh they're like super cheap just like uh, i think like two or three dollars you can slap them on a deck box or on a binder or something if you want to support us um and i'm hoping before too long we'll also have a playmat up um that we can have people print through inked playmats i don't know if we'll ever sell them like pre-made through a web store but at the very least we can make the art assets available so people can go get them printed if they want to have them or maybe we can um maybe we can do a batch if there's enough interest and, and ship them out to people although i'm trying to avoid doing uh doing shipping after the last t-shirt fiasco that was kind of a pain getting a giant box and having to like figure out how to dole out to everybody so i'd like to avoid that if possible and just do drop shipping with a uh a multinational vendor it makes things a lot easier for you guys and me so yeah but that's all um with that we're gonna move into our slot of the week chris what are you super hyped for i am super hyped to be casting some chandra flame colors <laughs> uh we mentioned earlier this card is sweet uh, it's a card I'm very frequently hoping to draw playing this new deck. And I imagine I'll be playing quite a bit of this silly pile in the next couple of weeks online. Hype, hype, hype. Uh, what about you, John? What are you hyping about now? So I'm obviously super hype about like the Esper Mentor and Grixis Kest decks, but I'm not actually able to play FNM this week, but I am going to make it out to a uh, event on this Wednesday and uh there is going to be a pre-modern tournament at a local um i guess like a bar eatery it's not quite a bar it's like one of those new kind of like uh i don't know how you describe it it's like the new the new generation of like uh eateries that are like you know they serve alcohol but they're not like bars they're not quite restaurants either i don't really know how to to describe a place like that kind of like a tap house i guess um but they're uh we're gonna be doing a um a pre-modern tournament there um i think we're gonna have hopefully at least eight people we're gonna have like a little five dollar buy-in and then you know do pricing based on based on that um i'm not sure what i'm gonna play yet i've got three options i'm looking at blue white standstill esper midrange and blue green madness um should you be able to come chris i can uh furnish you with one of those three decks i might uh i don't know if i'll make it out but um could also ask the people for what the cancer that they have uh <laughs> yeah I, I played very little pre-modern but what i did play what the hell is that deck called it's like the pink prison or whatever oh yeah that deck is uh the deck is really gross that deck is quite good uh it, it was it's pretty enjoyable just <laughs> oh, no everybody suffering. oh no he's a degenerate uh yeah that deck is really strong um yeah i don't think anyone coming is playing it but i think the uh the guy that you borrowed it from i think he's using some of the cards in another deck so um i'm not sure i'm not sure if you'd be able to borrow it but you should uh you should reach out and see maybe yeah maybe you could put it together and just stomp on everybody because that deck is really uh really powerful very slowly <laughs> so uh, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm hyped to play uh, some sort of uh, blue mid ranger controlling deck, or well, I guess I guess uh, uh, madness is a tempo deck. So trying to decide where I want to be, uh, trying to get a feel for what people are playing. I I, I really like the madness deck, but it, it struggles against some of the 
uh other decks in the format the top tier decks i don't really want to like uh show up with like a, a dog of a deck <laughs> uh, but i do like a tempo yeah <laughs> exactly uh, but i would like to go wild so um yeah that uh i guess that kind of wraps us up though uh thanks for sticking around and listening to us uh chat about our uh, our sweet sweet blood sun tech um, we'll have more for that, more of that for you in the uh, not so distant future, hopefully. But uh, again, thanks for checking us out and sticking around to the very end. If you're wondering where you can find more of our content, you can head on over to mtgconflux.com. You can support us and join the MTG Conflux community at patreon.com slash mtgconflux or by searching for mtgconflux on redbubble.com. Uh, you can also find us under Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube under the same name. If you have any suggestions or comments you'd like us to read, please feel free to shoot us a message on one of those platforms. Again, we really do appreciate you sticking around, and we hope you'll join us in the next one. 